the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. In Luke 8, 46, Jesus is surrounded by a great crowd. A woman in the crowd who's been ill for a long time, years, is reaching and stretching to touch him. But the crowd has him so surrounded, she can't get near to speak a word to him. So she's reaching and touching and pressing her way just to touch him. But she still couldn't get close enough to get his attention. So she pressed her way in the crowd. And finally, she's able to just touch the hem of his garment. And Jesus says, someone has touched me, for I perceive virtue has gone out of me. Power had left his body. She stretched forth her hand and ignited the healing power of God. It began to flow through her. The title of today's lesson is Ignite the Power. She wasn't interested in what Jesus was saying in the crowd. She wanted to get to him. She was concerned with getting directly to him, and she knew if she could just touch him, that she would be healed. And we know that she was. So often when I'm teaching prayer and I'm asking people, so how are you praying? They're saying, I'm not getting results. I'm not. And I say, well, how are you praying? Well, I'm praying the promises of God. And, and I'm praying the word of God. And that's important. But I want to make a shift today in your prayer life. Because it's important to pray the promises of God. But if you hold on for just a moment, I just want to make a shift that will ignite the power of God in your prayer life. When I began to pray the promises of God, the Lord showed me something very specific. He showed me that I had to look past the promise into the very face of God. And the Bible says, seek his face forevermore. Well, by looking into his face, what I mean by that is, I was looking to the heart of God. And when I look towards his heart and I remember love and mercy and faithfulness, I remember how he's long suffering. And when I remember that he is a sovereign God, a loving father, a man of war, the Lord is his name. But yet Christ is a prince of peace. But when I began to look at the attributes of Christ, everything changed. 
there was a mighty shift in my prayer life as I sought God and his loving kindness. And I began to look at him as a protector, a defender, a provider. The words depth, nor height, nor principalities, nothing separates us from the love of God. It took on new meaning. The presence of God became a reality in my prayer life. In my life, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit began moving through my prayers. A power was ignited, a flame that no man could put out. God began to draw my heart to his heart, to draw me to him. Remember, the scripture says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Our heart became entwined, the father and I, and his power ignited my prayer life. And circumstances then that I prayed for began to change in people's lives. Then and only then, when we stop looking at the promise and look at the promise maker, that's when everything is transformed. I'm looking and trusting in the promise maker, not just the promise. Oh, my goodness. We're making a shift here, and I know you're getting a hold of it. By putting our trust not in the promise, but in the promise maker, then we're actually putting our faith in God. Are you with me today? Then we're releasing the power of God in the situation. The more we trust him, the more we love him. The more we love him, the more we trust him. It's kind of perpetual, isn't it? When I'm talking to people and they're telling me about, you know, I'm praying this scripture to go with this situation and I'm praying this scripture. And then I often hear someone tell someone else, you know, you need to pray the word of God over that situation. But sometimes I find that they're off focus and they're looking for the promise to resolve the situation. The promises are very, very important, but it's the promise maker that wants to get a hold of our heart. It's the promise maker that ignites power within our heart and the love and the power of God begins to flow through our prayer life. Our prayers are so powerful. Revelations 5, 8 says, and when he had taken it, the four creatures and the 20 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. So our prayers are so precious to our father that he stores them up. And this scripture actually lets us know that a lot of the prayers of the saints are answered long after their death. This is so exciting. Ignite the power of God in your life. Today, I want to point out some important principles in the word of God and your life is going to take a shift. John 17, one to six, Jesus is about to end his time with his disciples And he's there with them. Now, they've had a three-year journey of joy, tears, miraculous events, healings. They've eaten together. They've traveled together. They left their lives, their families, their businesses to walk with him on this journey. And it's about to come to an end. They're in the upper room. The disciples are about to step into an area of life where they will no longer have him right there personally their side and the upper room, Jesus and his disciples met together as they met in the upper room. The spiritual atmosphere was charged with power because of everything that they had experienced together. They've walked with the Messiah. 
They have trusted him and they have seen great and powerful results. But now all of eternity is about to make a shift. And so much stands in suspense as they are in the upper room with Christ. They were completely devoted to him, not to the cause only, but also to him and to serving the kingdom of God. They had left their businesses and their families, and they're devoted now. But their three-year journey, oh my goodness, is about to change. So Jesus wants to prepare them, and he gives them an amazing promise that they would become acquainted because he knew that they would be acquainted with great persecution, but he promised that they would have help. He said he would send a comfort of the Holy Spirit and that he would not leave them and that he would guide them in all truth. Watch the powerful words that Jesus speaks to them next. John sixteen thirteen to 15. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you and all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine. This is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is true then for the disciples, and it's true for us today. He was telling them, I have to go and I have to leave you. But the one that I'm sending you, he is never going to leave your side. He is always going to be there with you. Oh, my goodness. It's so powerful. Jesus said he's going to guide you in truth. The Holy Spirit is not going to speak on his own. He's only going to speak what the future holds. He's going to tell you these things. He's going to hear it from me. And he's going to give it to you. The Holy Spirit glorifies Christ because what he receives is from Christ. Jesus said, everything that God has belongs to me. So what the Holy Spirit speaks is from God also. So Jesus sent us a guide who intercedes for us and empowers us by bringing what Christ and God are saying to us. To guide us, determining our outcome in every situation Jesus taught power of communion in that room. He said, do this in remembrance of me. When you remember him, remember his life and the healings, the deliverance, the powerful teachings, the life that he lived, his obedience to God. We take the Lord's Supper and spiritual communion. We reunite ourselves again and renew our spirit and our connection is stronger with Christ. Every communion She takes us a step closer in our walk with the Lord. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember my birth, my life. Remember my love for you. Remember my devotion to you and my promise to send one who will not leave you. This is the time and the upper room that was supercharged to alter all of eternity. He was reaching for them then, and he's reaching for you right now. Jesus' very words were an appeal to the Father, for ones gathered there with him, but it was for the body of Christ to come. I know this appeal before the throne of grace right then was answered. Compassion that night in the upper room was ultimate. He was full of compassion right then 
for the church and right now for the church in the last days. You are never alone. Christ is interceding for you. The Holy Spirit is guiding there and there to teach you and guide you, protect you. God is watching over you and the host of heaven surrounds you. Truly, you're never alone. He gave us that promise. He will not leave you. Jesus' request was granted right then when he spoke it. Oh, today we step into our destiny of power. Oh, the church is rising up to take its place of authority. No longer in the days as we go forward as the body of Christ, is prayer going to be used to just to pray over the food for a sports event before it begins in the church service at a funeral? No, God is calling us to a place of unbroken communion, to live in a state of being that all that we do is unto God, to live a life of prayer, to live a life that's so focused on him that we can say in him we live and move and have our being. Walking with God in constant communion brings us to a place of devotion to the Father. When we come to this place, we have confidence in him. We speak the word boldly. And our results in prayer are astounding. We are then giving God the vessel. When we give God the vessel, then God gives power through the vessel of the Holy Ghost. The prayers then bring about miraculous miracles, signs, and wonders. When the woman touched Jesus, he said, virtue, power has gone from me. As we strive to come to this place of unbroken communion with God, to live in that state of constant communion with God, our prayers are going to shatter the darkness. Living Christ's presence will permeate our prayers. Drug addiction, those trapped in sexual perversion, depression and oppression, the spirit of heaviness that rests on so many of God's people under a stronghold of a mighty attack that will be released by the power of of your prayers. I want to talk about four important building blocks of prayer, obedience, repentance, confession, and forgiveness. I'm going to say it again. Obedience, repentance, confession, and forgiveness. They are building blocks of a powerful prayer life. He will cover you when you abide in his word. When we read the Word of God, it's like putting on a garment of light. And so many things that could happen just won't happen. I want to tell you something kind of lighthearted today. My son called me from college one day, and he said, Mother, he said, you know, I'm just aggravated. I'm just, I'm just frustrated. I'm like, so, son, like, what's going on? He said, everything, everything wrong. I said, everything wrong? Why is everything going wrong? What are we talking about? He said, Mother, he said, yesterday, when it was time for me to go to class, guess what happened? I said, what happened, son? He said, I overslept. I missed my first class. And now I have to get the notes from someone else that was in class who was on time. I said, oh, my goodness. He said, and then this morning when I got up, I couldn't find my car keys. I said, oh, okay. He said, I'm searching everywhere. What happened? I was going to be late for class again. I find my keys. I run down the steps to my car. I get ready to put my key in the car. And what happens? I have a flat tire. I said, oh, my goodness, son. He said, yes, mother. 
everything around me is going wrong. The alarm doesn't go off. I oversleep. I miss an important class that I wasn't supposed to miss again. Can't find my car keys. Flat tire. What's going to happen next? Mother, stuff just keeps happening. One thing after another. He went on murmuring, and I'm listening to this complaint session. And when he got through complaining, I said to him, I said, son, I said, let me ask you something. I said, "Uh, how difficult is it to read? And he said, what? I said, how difficult is it to read? He said, well, it's not hard at all. I said, I see. I said, okay. I said, well, will it cost you any money? I mean, if you were to read, would you, any money be taken out of your account? He said, no, mother, no money's going to be taken out of my account if I read. I said, okay. I said, is it going to cost you any calories? I mean, I know you don't want to lose any weight or anything like that. It's college buff and all. So he said, no, mother, it's not going to cost me any calories. And he kind of sounded impatient with me. I said, well, tell me something, son. So why don't you just get out your Bible? And put an end to all this. I said, you're uncovered, son. That's your problem. I said, when you read the word of God, you put on a garment of light. And you walk in the power of God. When you turn your heart towards him. And you begin to seek the father. And this is your routine every day. You won't be missing your car keys. Your alarm won't go off and you're constantly late for class and this is your last chance to be late. And you go outside and the tire is flat and this is happening. And it's one thing after another. When you put on the word of God, son, you put on a robe of light and it will cover you. You will be covered in the word of God. And a lot of things that just could happen just won't happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Put on the word of God. You're just uncovered. And I'm talking to him and giving him this lecture. And he breaks in. He said, Mother, Mother, I got to go. I said, okay, well, where are you going? He said, I got to go, Mother. I got to go read my Bible. I said, okay, okay, bye. (laughs) And he hung up. He took off. I said, okay, I guess he got a hold of it. John 16, 315 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. The Lord gave me right away as I was talking to him. He is uncovered. Tell him to pick up the word of God, to read the word of God and allow the presence of God, the power of God to be ignited in his spirit. And it will lead him. It will guide him in all of his ways. Remember that. When we are looking to God and we turn our face towards him and we draw near to him, he draws near to us. When I began to turn my heart towards him and I began to seek his face, And I began not to look just at the promises of God, but to seek his presence, to seek his spirit, to be aware of his presence around me as I'm reading the word of God. And that presence began to rise up as I focused not on the promise, but on the father. I came to a place of great communion in prayer. I came to a place where I began to be able to acknowledge and to know his presence. And as he began to know his presence, I came to know his voice. And as I came to know his voice, 
I came to the place where someone is speaking to me about their circumstance, and the Father himself would give me the answer to their need. God wants you to ignite the power of the Holy Ghost through your prayer life in prayer. Remember, we've been talking about this for the last few weeks, that when we learn to pray and submit the vessel to God and allow the Holy Spirit to pray, to do the praying, when we aren't trying to pray, when I'm not trying to cry in prayer and I'm not trying to speak in tongues and I'm not trying really hard to impress God with my fervent prayers, But when I go to him with a sincere heart, when I seek the promise maker and not the promise, then I step into the presence of God as I worship him. And he quickens in my spirit and he draws us into the holy of holies. And when he draws us into the holy of holies, now we are in the place of great power. This is the point where the Holy Spirit does the praying. The Bible says he makes intercession for us with groaning. You see, we know not what to pray for. We think that we know, but actually the word says we don't even know what we need to pray for. But there is one who knows. He knows the circumstance. He knows how we need to pray. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to do the praying, the prayers are answered. 100% of the time, 100% of the time. That's where God is calling the church to, to a place of communion, to a place where we ignite the power of God, where we are no longer trying to do the praying. And we're not just repeating vain words. When we step into the presence of God and we feel the love and the power of God, the words that we are saying, it may be a prayer that we have prayed 50 times, 100 times, 1,000 times in this lifetime. But every time it's new. Every time it's refreshing to the soul because we stepped into the presence of Almighty God. And when we do, the Holy Spirit takes first place. He takes first seat, if you will. And he begins to intercede for you. And he begins to pray the prayer for the situation. And the prayers are answered. That's how we want to begin to pray. God wants to make a shift in your prayer life today from you doing the praying to the comforter, to the guide, to the Holy Spirit. He wants to make a shift today and for us to submit the vessel to God and allow the Holy Spirit to do the praying. He will intercede in the situation. We will see angels released We will see miraculous miracles, signs, and wonders will follow. Strongholds pulled down. Drug addiction destroyed. Sexual perversion thrown down, for it is under our feet. When we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to pray, the prayers are fervent prayers. When we leave our prayer time, we are refreshed We're renewed. We've prayed powerful prayers, but we have stepped into the presence of Almighty God and the Holy Spirit will do the praying. 
When the woman touched forth to touch Jesus' garment, she only wanted to touch him and do nothing more. She knew that if she reached him, that she would be healed. She knew that if she could just touch him, but she couldn't even touch his body. She could only touch the hem of his garment. But she had all confidence that if she could get to the Father, if she could get to him, that she would be healed. That's the confidence that God wants us to have in him. If we get overconfident in the promise, then we miss the promise maker. And we're far from getting the prayer answered because we have so much confidence in the word, so much confidence just in the word and not realizing there is an authority behind the word. It is the authority and the power behind the word that gives the word its fulfillment to act, to destroy, to restore, to comfort, to strengthen and support. Ignite the power through prayer by reaching to the promise maker. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.